A Tricky Kid Media Original, distributed by iHeartRadio. Welcome to Prince, the Encore, an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we honor the life and legacy of our greatest inspiration, Prince. What was once a yearly special is now a monthly venture into the vault of his royal badness. Join us for a people's history and hear from those who knew him best, plus fan stories from all over the world and more. And now your host, filmmaker, DJ, and Prince Scholar, Roy Turner. Hey everybody, we are back with Prince the Encore. My guest this week, you know him, he wrote the definitive Tomei on the man Jay Dilla called Dilla Time. Welcome back to our program. Welcome back to our network, my man, Dan Charnas. How are you, sir? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be back. Talk about man, musician, using machines, which is what JD did. At some point, Prince is going to have to be part of that conversation about the parallels that you saw between JD and Prince. Oh, man. I would, when I, when I teach this stuff at NYU, I would often give my students the little phrase, the three kings of American rhythm. First, Louis Armstrong. Swing was essentially a part of his rhythmic approach and template. Then there's James Brown, right? Who essentially codified funk, turned every instrument into a drum. I would say that Jay Dilla sort of freed us from the grid, but I missed one guy in that equation. And it's the link between the syncopation and funk of James Brown and Jay Dilla, and that's Prince. I always talk about Prince in, in the rhythmic sense, uh, a master of sonic implication and restraint. He says more by what he doesn't say or play but one of the things that Prince started to do was assign synthesizers to really mock almost the way that traditional instruments sound. So if you listen to a song like much later, like Baby on the Star, there are sounds that mimic the strings and there are sounds that mimic the horns. Prince began to use, aggressively use the drum machine, certainly in R&B. Um, but again, in Prince fashion, he didn't just use the drum machine, he combined it with traditional instrumentation, creating uh, a rhythmic tension that is somewhat prescient of yeah. what Jay Dilla would do many years later. Part of that lineage that leads up to Dilla and in many ways makes Jay Dilla possible. I wanted to quote you here and, and I was waiting on it. You know, I was, like I said, I was waiting on, you, know, you, you went to Roger Lynn's LM when I was like, here comes some Prince talk right here. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can you knew it. it. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it came uh, much quicker. Uh, it says, Prince's approach to the machine was different. You mentioned Stevie Wonder. Like Stevie Wonder, to whom he was often compared to as a prodigy and multi-instrumentalist, Prince could easily have played his, competition, his compositions and arrangements on traditional gear, but instead opted for a mixture of the traditional and the electronic. Man engages 
machine lady cab driver by prince of course off the 1999 record which like i just mentioned which a lot of people would say that's where he broke away from the pack really that lady cab driver is that moment talk about why that's that's fascinating to me there are so many songs on that record especially the singles but they were still very much pop songs when you have songs like of course obviously little red corvette and things like that lady cab driver has a structure to it, not only a feel to it, but where it breaks away from where I don't feel like I'm listening to a pop song or feel like I really have heard anything else like it before is what you mentioned earlier was the way of the syncopation. To me, I think that is that that is the most groundbreaking moment on the album. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, I felt like for the first three albums, Prince was still trying to find who he was sonically. He was also yeah. a master mimic, too. So let's yeah. not forget how important that is. Yeah. It's controversy where he finds his both his sonic and his visual aesthetic. That is the appearance of the purple trench coat. Let's work. Yeah. Almost as a predecessor to Lady Cab Driver. Yeah. Right? Yeah, where we start to see Lady Cab Driver takes it again to a whole other place. Don't talk enough about, and that was the word that you used, was music restraint. What does that mean to you in the Prince context? Okay, well, I think the best way to get into this is to maybe listen to some music. Great. So I, I wondered if we might listen to the first few moments of Let's Work. So just the intro, the bass line hasn't started yet. And here we go. First cycle. Second one. Third. Fourth. Now listen. He does nothing. Right. He just lets it go like complete restraint. Pulls it back. Pulls it back. Pulls it back. Even his envelopes are very restrained. Right. That to me is a great example of the Prince approach to rhythm it's the things that he doesn't play rather than the stuff that he does another great example of this is irresistible bitch this is an example of man engages machine but he's playing drums using the clap as a metronome and there is an inherent tension between the pace of the machine and his human pace sometimes he'll fall behind sometimes he'll push against it and you can hear at the beginning of the song that he fails to sync up with it. And that's why it restarts. Right. Right. So, so check this out. Oh, and that bell sound, too. is also synced. So he's playing the kit, but the clap is completely on the grid. Is that the now, Fairlight? <laughs> I don't know where the bell comes from. I think it's, I think it's the Fairlight, I think. Okay. Now listen to the bass line. Where is that bass line? There's no melody. Completely restrained. He's not, it's just 
He's using it as a rhythmic. Oh, and hear that? Nothing. Yeah. voice answers and says you're not at home. Now if you think that I'm a fool, we'll go for any line. And honey, put down all your money. You win every time. Right? The one that I actually, I play this this song all the way through in class is a song called Oliver's House by Sheila E. I would love to sort of go through that with you if you feel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, first of all, it's a f- fantastic song, <clears throat> but it really is. So you've got a clap sound, a splash cymbal, a kick drum, a lead synth, a bass synth, a bass guitar, and then cello and violin. Again, listen to the bass line. Yeah. There's no bass line. Yeah. The rhythm is completely restrained there's no flourish except for that yeah and even the sameness of that splash symbol every time you hear it is a kind of repetitiveness her vocals are actually restrained he has put her in the character of a high school girl who goes to a party uh and i think it's before uh oliver goes off to school right and he's gonna leave she's gonna seduce him um, but it's done from a very sort of immature, girlish yeah. kind of voice, which is also in some way very titillating, right? So yeah. that's the premise of the song. Oliver's leaving soon, so we can make a scene. And then here comes the guitar. One chord. No movement. And then back. <laughs> such, it's such a great, an incredible lyric, right? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so here we go. Just that one chord. All the melodies are simple. That melody just keeps repeating, the piano melody. Okay. Now, piano solo. When we think of a piano solo, I don't know, we think of Patrice Russian in Remind Me, like this. This piano solo has, I think, four notes. Here we go. Yeah, that's it. That's the solo. And all too often, you hear people going crazy. Right. No flourish. Yeah. Maybe a few extra kick, kick drum hits it's that same one chord this is where it gets interesting okay 
Now, listen to the cello. She's drunk now. Yeah. So he's using the cello to tilt the room, right? And he's tilting it with those, you know, basically atonal, like off the scale notes. Listen how he tilts the room with that cello. Yeah. She's drunk, she walks into the, the mother's room. going now you know when she says i'm a sucker for a major chord the minor of that violin goes away and it's back to major yeah brilliant brilliant okay so then oh Violin solo, maybe two or three notes. Dun it, dun it. <laughs> that solo's restrained. A succession of solos, and they're all restrained. There's that piano solo again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you hear the other guitar in the background. It's just going. Two notes. Here comes another one. Synth lead, right? Another synth solo, two notes. That's it. That's all you're gonna get. Yeah. Very James Brownian arrangement for the horns, but they're not horns, right? The breakdown. Nothing in it. Yeah. No bass line. Just. Now, the whole song has been leading up to this point. One of the things that people don't often appreciate about funk is that it's not just, oh, every instrument's a drum and there's percussion everywhere. It's also a symphony of the entire song. This symphony of restraint has been leading up to this one moment of expression. And here it is. It's her solo. She's the only one that gets to take a solo and it's incredible. And that's why it feels like you've come out of a, of a tunnel into like a wide open space. Nothing else in the song like this. Even her vocal was like this. I mean, Nobody ever made a song like that. No. Before no. or since. <laughs> the Encore is part of the Tricky Kid Media Network and distributed by iHeartRadio and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. Hi, this is Natalie Cox. I play Juno Eclipse in The Force Unleashed, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Tanner raised it and articulate that that's that is outstanding that, that was masterful thank you for that so much oh man thank you it's, it's number one it's fun to do it's also fun to do when people are receptive to it you know they, they understand like listen what it's all about controversy i never realized how and i'm going to use the word heavy here i didn't actually get to see prince alive until uh around 1997 that was the mm. first time it was much later um 
and he did controversy and I was thankfully very close to the stage and I couldn't to this day get over how fucking heavy that what that and it made me see that and see not only that song but that whole era completely different that was my entry point where i went from listening to prince to dissecting prince i wanted to know what was your entry point my entry point to prince actually was uh just listening to top 40 i remember in 1978 when soft and wet came out but it didn't make me a fan i also remember when i want to be your lover came out and i liked that song but it didn't make me a super fan I think what made me a fan is, and this is very bound up in high school friendships, right? Uh, I was lucky enough to have to count as a close friend, uh, a kid by the name of William Duvall um, in my freshman year in high school in Columbia, Maryland. And William Duvall was- Is this the Alice in Chains guy? Pardon? Is this the Alice in Chains guy? Yes, yes, it is. Even then at 14 years old, we called him Kip then. That was his, you know, his family called him Kip. So uh, William was at 14 years old, a master guitarist already, just a uh, autodidact master, master listener. So really what, and so one of the things that he had that I did not have was Prince albums. And he had me listen to Prince like, uh, uh, controversy, Dirty Mind, uh, uh, played me the solo from Bambi, you know, on, uh, right. on the Prince album for the first time. And because I'm listening to Prince in that milieu, you're like, oh, oh, he's a genius, yeah. right? Have you been keeping up with how the estate has been handling? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sorry to laugh. I'm sorry to laugh because no. brother... One estate is enough. I, you know, I am so immersed in this Dilla stuff. I don't even want to know what's happening on that estate. Um, Listen, I just will talk about estates in general. It is very hard to execute the will. All the questions of what would have this person done if blah, 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 blah. Artists mature into a place where they let people see their process um, because the perfect thing is already out there, and now you can hear how I got there. Happy actually to see some of the moves that had been made in the wake of his his death. Um, and generally, they seem to align aesthetically. The reason why this show is called Prince the Encore because it's based upon a conversation that Wendy and I had uh, about how that that it's now kind of up to us now, right? It's kind of up to, to them and us to, to kind of spread this message. It's also easier to do it because there's so much more material to mine that people have never heard. Most people, it's, it is like beating a dead horse. Like you said, it is. Maybe you've heard about this thing with Jack White uh, going to be releasing uh, Camille uh, have you heard about this? No. <clears throat> oh wow! Apparently, he purchased a, a, a copy, like one of the one of the ones that actually, you know, the, had, like test pressing. Amazing. And you know, him being the vinyl guy, he was like, "Hey, I want to put this out." Now, of course, all those songs eventually made it out somewhere. 
you know? So, but the, the idea of Jack White putting out Camille finally sounds exciting, right? What, what, yeah. what, what will be your take on that? I mean, look, as a fan, I want the information. I want all of that. I want to hear everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always going to say, yeah, I want to hear that. Um, because we all know it's not Prince releasing it, right? Right. It only gets a little weird when those pairings happen, you know, like, oh, it's Prince in a duet with somebody who he would have never been in a duet That's with. That's what I was talking about with the Michael Jackson thing. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It gets weird, you know? Yeah. Please do keep in touch, man, because I, I will, just man. enjoy talking to you. And I'm I'm really glad that the that the that the Prince rhythmic stuff resonated with you. I mean, there's other stuff too. There's what he does with with um, with melody and harmony and leading tones. Like he's he does the same thing in the uh, in the melodic aspect. Like if you listen to the strings for Purple Rain, you know the strings that take the song out right uh, at the end of the song they're always lingering on lead tones. Like the one that's just off the one that you, and you're just like, oh, get to it. Like, yeah. it's too high, right? <laughs> you're waiting for it to come back down. He does the same thing on Condition of the Heart, right? Oh yeah. With the just brilliant ways of dancing around things. Yeah. without giving you the thing. It's another kind of restraint. Uh, once again, Dan Charnas, if you haven't, you've got to get this book. Uh, you will learn, if you're a Prince person, you will learn about Dilla. If you're, a, if you're a Dilla person, obviously get this and you will learn about Prince and so much more. That's true. That's very, very true. You get, you get a little both. Wow. You get, you get them both, my friend. Anyway, my friend, Dan, always a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Here's my brother. Thank you, Take man. Take care. Thanks, Take care. everybody. Bye. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created, directed, edited, and mastered by Roy Turner, artwork by Antora Sandy, marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Prince the Encore is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Tabby Cat. Follow us on Twitter at TrickyKid2 and at Cat underscore Tabby. You can also follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Tricky Kid or twitch.tv forward slash Tabby Cat. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week. Roy Turner is a proud member of the Purple Avengers, a collective of Prince scholars, bringing an academic approach to his monolithic body of work via Megathreads on Twitter, hosted by Edgar Cruz and DJ UMB.